You are listening to the YLM Sermon of the Week podcast with Apostle Mamie S. Tolbert. Be blessed and refreshed by this relevant word from the Lord. God bless you, son, man of God. We honor the Lord. Yes, Lord. I don't know about you, but I was singing and flexing because God is so mighty. Do you know that he's mighty? The Lord is mighty. We thank and we praise God for the uh, music ministry of Pastor Will and Elder Shonda Brown. They've been such a blessing to the body of Christ as a whole. I do give honor to God. I honor him because he's so wonderful. He is so awesome and magnificent. Yes, and he's mighty. I honor him because of his love, his mercy, his grace, his compassion that he has shown toward us and toward me personally. I do honor Apostle Willie Talbert. I honor our lead pastor, Pastor Stephen Talbert. And I honor all of our associate pastors and associate ministers of Yes Lord Ministries. I honor all that are connected with us. To those of you who are bishops, apostles, pastors, evangelists, ministers, uh, deacons, trustees, all of you in your respective places. And I honor even our young people. I salute you. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yes, there are young people that connect with us and they're praising God and they're even interactive in the chat and they even say, what a powerful word. They even express themselves in that way. And so I love our young people and I thank and praise God for young people as well. They keep me looking young as I stay connected to them. We think and we praise God for everything that God is doing. We want to get into the word. How many of you know that God has a word? God is speaking. I'm so grateful that God is not silent in this day and time. How many of you know that it is so crucial, so important for us to hear what God will say to us? especially in these chaotic times that we live in. These are perilous times. They're dangerous times. They're challenging times. If you name the name of Jesus Christ, if you belong to him, they are challenging times. And so we think and we praise God for speaking to us and for how he shall minister to our hearts, to our minds and to our spirits. Let's go to the word of God, shall we? Let's go to 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel, the 16th chapter, 1 Samuel, the 16th chapter, and we want to look at verses 7 through 12. 1 Samuel, the 16th chapter, verses 7 through 12. I tell you, the Lord preached this message to me first. And so I'm a bit revved up. I'm going to try not to leave you, but I'm a bit revved up with what the Lord has been speaking to me in this message. 1 Samuel 16, verses 7 through 12. I'm going to read from the King James Version. Just in case you've got a different translation, you know that we're still on the same block. 1 Samuel 16, starting at verse 7. And it reads, But the Lord said unto Samuel, Hmm. Look not on his countenance, nor on 
Let me start all over. But the Lord said unto Samuel, look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth, for man looketh on the outward appearance, but God, the Lord, looked on the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, neither hath the Lord chosen to this. Then Jesse made Shammah to pass by. And he said, neither hath the Lord chosen this. Again, Jesse made seven of his sons to pass before Samuel. And Samuel said unto Jesse, the Lord hath not chosen these. And Samuel said unto Jesse, are here all thy children? In other words, do you have any other children? And he said, there remaineth yet the youngest. And behold, he keepeth the sheep. And Samuel said unto Jesse, send and fetch him. For we will not sit down till he come hither. And he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy and withal of a beautiful countenance and goodly to look to. And the Lord said, arise, anoint him, for this is he. This is the word of the Lord and God's word is already blessed. I want to talk to you from this subject, faithful in the field, faithful in the field. Now, I want you to agree with me on several things. First of all, that God himself will be pleased, honored, and glorified as a result of the word that shall come forth. That you, the people, will be encouraged, reminded, empowered, and edified. And that the devil will be disappointed and horrified. Can you clap your hands and thank God in advance and say with me, Lord, as your servant has decreed and declared, be it so in your name. Now, come on, let's give God some glory in this place. The Lord wants to speak to you. He wants to minister to you today. Yeah, you especially to you. God wants to say some things to you, especially for those of you who felt like God forgot about you. You felt like uh, he's not hearing me anymore. You felt like God's not speaking to me. Listen, don't base it upon whether or not a prophet gives you a word. Don't base it upon that. I remember somebody coming to me uh, one time after I had ministered in the service and the Lord had used me prophetically and I had ministered as the Lord directed. And there was someone in the service and they came up and they say, don't you have a word for me from the Lord? The Lord has already given you a word. And this is this, just what I said to them as the Lord directed me. God said to me, ask them what have they done with what I've already given them. Ask them, what have, what have they done with the words? that I've spoken to them over and over again. And so don't think that God has forgotten about you. Just stay faithful in the field. And so as we look at this passage of scripture, you will remember, and for those of you that don't remember, well, let me help you and let me tell you. King David, or David in this particular instance, is one of the more well-known figures in the Bible. And for good reason. He's actually the most developed and complex character in the entire Old Testament. Come on, study the Old Testament. You will find that David was complex, 
but God developed him. And as you read about David, as you study the scriptures, you will see the development, the maturity of David. And so the amount of pages dedicated to telling David's story, 1 Samuel 16 through 1 Kings, the second chapter, outnumber any other person in the Bible except for Jesus, who has four entire books in the New Testament. And so as we look at this particular passage of scripture, first of all, remember what transpired or what took place before. Samuel, the prophet, was being used by God mightily during this time. And it was during the time that Saul was king. Now, Samuel loved Saul. He had become one of Samuel's favorites, believe it or not. As you look at scripture and you study, you will find that uh, Samuel indeed did love Saul. But Saul was arrogant. Saul had become obstinate. He had gotten to the place to where he acted as if his word overruled God's word. Can you picture that? Can you imagine that? You know, there are times now, understand this. We walk in and we have received delegated authority from the Lord. Come on, Jesus gave it to us. He delegated authority to us because we are his disciples. We are his people. But understand this, delegated authority does not mean we have all authority. And what do I mean by that? What I mean is we can't become arrogant just because we've got uh, power and authority from God. Just because we're anointed, appointed, called and sent. Come on, y'all know the spiel. You know it. And you know whether or not you're anointed. I know some of you have your days where you're not quite feeling like it. Baby, it ain't in the feeling. It's in what you know. And it's in what God knows he has done for you and in your life. And, and so as anointed and as appointed as we are, as called and as sent as we are by God, we do not overrule God. And see, Saul had got to the place where his ego had gotten out of hand. It was too big. Not only that, but Saul had a competitive and a jealous spirit. Now, it's okay to be competitive in some things. I personally am not really a competitive type person. I do what I do and I do the best that I can with what I do, but I really don't try to compete with anyone. But understand this, Saul had gotten to the point to where he was jealous of anyone that the people uh, admired. He was jealous of anyone that seemed as if they could outdo him in anything. And this thing had gotten to be like a cancer in Saul, eating away at him to the point to where he would go into depression. He would go through mood swings. Huh, does that sound familiar to anybody? Listen, just because we belong to the Lord does not mean that there are not those times. There are some people who love the Lord with all their heart, their mind, their soul, but they go through mood swings. They go through times where they're depressed. They go through times where they're discouraged. I'm talking about the real deal. I'm talking about being fully transparent. Have you ever been discouraged? 
Have you ever been disappointed? Understand the discouragement and the disappointment. It's all in how you handle it as to whether or not it will mature and develop into depression. It does not have to develop into depression if we deal with it right. So let's get back to Saul. So Saul was one of those people that had gotten obstinate and had gotten beside himself. And if you look in the uh, uh, first verse and you start from the first verse of the 16th chapter of 1 Samuel, you will find that it says this here. Let me read it for you. And the Lord said unto Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? God had had enough. You never want God to get to the place to where he's had enough of your stinking attitude and your stinking thinking. You never want God to get there with you. You never want God to get to the place. See, we know God is merciful, is long-suffering, patient with us, don't we? And I'm so grateful to him for all of that. But there came a time that I had to make a decision Either I was going to be consistent in my walk with him or I was going to be in trouble. Inconsistency gets you in trouble. You can't keep going back and forth, up and down, in and out. You can't keep doing that stuff. After a while, God will look at you and understand and realize you're really not serious. Because if it don't go your way, you got a problem. Everything's not going to go our way, but you still got to be faithful in the field. Regardless to whether we get everything we want, get it the way we want. Come on here. Be honest. Don't you like to get your way? Don't you like to, to have your way? You know, things go your way, the way you think it, the way you want it, the way you've dreamed it. You like that, right? But the reality is, it doesn't always work like that. And so what do we do? Well, in this case, Saul started taking it out on others. He started taking it out on people. He even took it out on God and started visiting witches and all kinds of stuff. You can't dabble in the occult. You can't dabble in witchcraft. That's why, listen, stop reading your horoscope. Yeah, I said it. Stop reading your horoscope. You're playing these games that look like it's telling you stuff. Stop it. You're dabbling in the occult and you don't even realize it. You're opening the door to the enemy. You're giving him legal right to step in and trespass on your life. Ah, come on here now. You got to stop dabbling in stuff that's against that God is against that's contrary to God and is what God says suffer not in the scripture it's a suffering I suffer not a witch to live that's what I said why are you going to palm readers why are you going to these people that can read the tea leaves for you huh you need to stop it stop it stop it Saul got in trouble with this stuff because he wanted everything to go his way. Now, come on. Let's look at this. 
in verse one, God gives Samuel specific instructions. He says, fill your horn with oil and go. And then he says, I will send you to Jesse, the Bethlehemite, for I have provided me a king among his sons. God had already chosen Saul's replacement. Oh, God, help us, Lord. You never want God to get to the place where he chooses your replacement because of disobedience, because of obstinate, because you're not faithful to him. You never, because you won't commit. Some of you, God has visited you in dreams. He's, he's sent dreams to give you warning. And you trying to figure out what the dream means. The dream means get it together. Get your act together and commit once and for all to God. Because something's coming. Do you hear me? And so as we continue looking at this, God had rejected Saul because of his obstinance. And then he had chosen his replacement already. Not only had he chosen his replacement, he sent Samuel with his horn or his vessel filled with oil so that he could go and anoint the next king. Understand this. This was a ceremonial um, ritual and thing that God would instruct prophets to do whenever he had chosen someone for a specific assignment. And in this case, David had been chosen. But I, 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 I want to get to that. Come on, go through the process with me, will you? And so in the seventh chapter, we read where... Oh, before we get there, Samuel was scared to go. I know a, a great anointed prophet of God who God used many times, but he was scared to go. You know why? He was scared to go because he knew that Saul was the type that if he found out that Samuel was going to anoint the next king, he would have went after him and killed him. And that's what Samuel said to God. He said, if I go, Samuel gonna kill me. Listen, why would we be more afraid of someone else than we are of God? Why would we fear some man or some woman more than we fear God? Don't you get it? Don't you understand that God can protect you? So God said to him, listen, get this animal, go and, and go for a sacrifice to make a sacrifice. And that's what it's going to look like to everybody, that you're going to offer up sacrifice. And so he went. And that's where we get to verse 7. He's already arrived at Jesse's house. And God had instructed him to invite Jesse and his family to this sacrifice. And so he's at Jesse's house. And he asked Jesse about his sons. Now, verse 7 says, but the Lord said to Samuel, because in the preceding verse, Samuel is looking at the sons and he's looking at the handsome, the tall, dark and handsome sons. Those who in his mind look like a king. What does a king look like? Honestly, 
A king looks like whatever God wants a king to look like. A queen looks like whatever God wants a queen to look like. Uh, how, how many times, how many times have you heard people say, oh, they don't look like what? They don't look like what? As long as they can do the job, as long as they're equipped for the mission, as long as they understand the assignment, as long as they're effective in what they can do, come on, as long as God himself has anointed them. Oh, they don't look like, they don't sound like, they don't, they don't dress like, huh? I've heard all kinds of stuff. And Samuel was looking more on the outer appearance. And so as we look at verse seven, Samuel is cautioned by God. He's cautioned by God. Don't look at the outer appearance because Jesse began to send his sons to Samuel one by one. He sent the older first, the elder sons first. So he went from age order and began to send his son. Listen, I know that in some um, cultures and, and some environments, it's the eldest or it's the, the oldest child that's usually given the, um, the responsibility to carry on the legacy. It's the oldest one that's usually entrusted with certain things, uh, certain assignments a certain wealth, a certain um, things regarding uh, the organization that perhaps the, the parents have built. But understand, not always is it who you think it is that should be doing what you think they should do. Oh, I, I need to say that again. It's not always who you think it is that should be doing what you think they're supposed to do. Not always. When I was growing up, I used to hear this, this said a whole lot. Don't judge a book by its cover. Anybody remember hearing that? Don't judge a book by its cover. Please drop that in the chat and in, in all capital letters. There's a reason why I'm telling you this. Drop it in the chat. Don't judge a book by its cover. Listen, they can look wonderful. They can look all put together, but it does not mean that they're the one. So more than likely, Eliab, which was the eldest, was presented to Samuel first. Then when we look to verse, get to verse seven, you'll see that Abinadab was presented to Samuel. Understand this. <clears throat> That's when God had to give Samuel reality check. He said, you're looking at the outer." But I'm looking at the heart. And that's what God looks at, precious people. God looks at the heart of us. He looks at our heart. He looks to see where our heart is and, and how that tells a whole lot about us, about whether or not we will stay committed, whether or not we will follow through, what's in our heart. If you make it all about you, and that's what that's what Saul did. Saul made it all about him. It was, do you know people that make it all about them? <clears throat> do you know people? They make it all about them. They 
uh, get in a certain position after they've campaigned for it. Yeah, I said it. And then they make it all about them. And if, if the attention is not just doted on them, if they're not getting all of the accolades, now what about God? But they, they want all of the accolades. They want all of the attention, prideful, boastful. Then they have a problem. And that's what Saul's problem was. And so what we have to understand is that God, he doesn't just look at our qualifications. He doesn't just look at our skills and our abilities. There are a lot of us that can do a lot of things well, and we can do them very well. I'm the first to admit everything is not my lane, even though I know how to do a lot of different things. There's not everything that I'm supposed to do. And you know, it's interesting because as much training and, and classes and courses as I, I've taken and I've gone through different, um, different trainings, thinking that I'm going to help the ministry, help the church, help the body of Christ and all of this kind of thing. And then I have to come to the point where I realize this ain't my lane. I don't like it. There's no passion in it for me. <laughs> I don't enjoy it. I just know how to do it. And that's it. I really don't get anything else out of it except I know how to do it. And so there, there came a time when I had to realize and understand, I need to flow in the lane that God has me in. I remember I said to somebody, they asked me to, to do something. I said, that's not my lane. And so they got tired of me saying to them, that's not my lane when they would ask me to do that, that particular thing. One day they said to me, and they said it with an attitude, well, what is your lane, Apostle Talbert? What is your lane? I said, my lane is whatever God says my lane is. And then I began to break it down to them. This is what I'm supposed to do. And I, I just went line by line, just began to tell them what I'm called to do, what I'm supposed to do. Listen, you need to know. You need to know what God has called you to. This is what God has called me to. This is what I'm supposed to do. This is what I do. This is where I get my joy. This is, come on, this is where I'm most effective. Not what you want me to do. It's what God has called me to do and what he's anointed me to do. I told you, be faithful in the field. Let's get on with this. And so as we look at this, you'll see in verses 7 through 12 that Jesse kept passing the sons by him, kept sending the sons. And God was like, no. And he kept, listen, go to scripture and you'll find that God was speaking in Samuel's ear. Every time. No, no, that's not the one. That's not the one. He's not the one either. He's not the one either. Until he had sent all of his eldest sons to Samuel. Finally, Jesse said, or I should say Samuel said to Jesse, don't you have any other children? Where do, do you have any other sons besides? Because he knew what God said. God had told him. I have prepared the king amongst the sons of Jesse. He's there. Now, when God speaks a word, it's a sure word. But here are all these good looking, handsome young men being sent. And neither one of them is it. 
Finally, Samuel said, any other children? Jesse said, well, yeah, but he's the youngest. See, here's the thing. Oftentimes, you'll be underestimated. Oh, let me tell you this for sure. You're going to be underestimated. You will be underestimated. There are many that will look at you. Listen, you can look as good as all get up. You can look like you got it all together too. But there are still people that will look and they will judge you based on their opinion or how they feel. And some of them will base you on how they feel about you. Some of them will base it on what they've heard about you. And a lot of times what they've heard is not accurate. What they heard is not true. They need to get to know for themselves. I often say when somebody try to tell me something about someone and they say, oh, they're, and I tell them, I stop them. I say, stop right there. I'll get to know them for myself. How many know you need to get to know it for yourself? And so Jesse said, I've got a younger son, but he's out there keeping the sheep. He's out there tending the sheep. And here you'll see that it says here that, and Samuel said to Jesse, are here all thy children? And he said, there remaineth yet the youngest. That's in verse 11. And behold, he keepeth the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, go get him. Send somebody to bring him here. That I, 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 just, I, I just put it in my own language. Send someone to go get that young man. Go get that boy. Go get him. He's the only one left. It's got to be him. He's got to be the one, the least. Listen, when people try to diss and dismiss you, when they think you're the least, God will raise you up. Oh, somebody needed to get excited right there. I'm a witness. God will raise you up. Listen, don't worry about the fact that they're not inviting you to stuff. Don't worry about it. You don't need to be in a circle. You need to be connected with God. Stay connected with God. And so no doubt David was smelling like the sheep because he had been out there tending the sheep. And so no doubt he had the, the smell, the aroma of sheep on him. Oh, this is, this is awesome. And yet <clears throat> when he came, and Samuel looked at him. The scripture says that he was of a ruddy appearance. Now, it didn't say that he wasn't necessarily handsome. But see, he was the youngest. So maybe he had not developed, fully developed yet and grown like his brothers had. Some people try to say David wasn't good looking. But that's not what the scripture said. Matter of fact, the scripture said that when he came in, said he was ruddy in verse 12, and with all of a beautiful countenance and goodly to look to, which tells me he wasn't bad looking. But it has nothing to do with what we look like. It has everything to do with our heart and our relationship with God. Y'all know, y'all know. And so the scripture goes on to say that Samuel takes the horn of oil. Now I've heard it preached so many different ways where the oil wouldn't come out 
wouldn't flow when all of the other brothers came through. Well, the scripture doesn't really say that in that way, but it does say that God said, that's not the one. He's not the one. So really the oil didn't need to flow. But when David presented himself, when he came, when he stood, Samuel received confirmation from God. And the scripture says that he poured the oil on him and he anointed. See, you need to understand that regardless to what the situation, David was faithful in that field. Listen, he might have been given that responsibility, who knows, because he was the youngest. He might have been given that responsibility because perhaps the, the, the father figured that the elder ones needed to do some other more, um, um, more uh, what would you say, things that were seemed more important. <laughs> Here's the thing, tending the sheep is important. Tending the sheep is very important. And so to be entrusted with that type of assignment says a lot about David. Because if you go on and you study, you will find that David was fiercely protective over the sheep. He was protected over the sheep because that was his job. That was his assignment. And when I look at this passage of scripture, what I see is I see that David was receiving leadership training while in the field. Oh, yes. See, some people don't look at it that way. They just figure, no, you're not the one. Not knowing what God has been doing with you while you've been away from them. Not knowing that God has been developing you. He's been training you. Just be faithful in the field. So David was faithful. David protected the sheep. And as you go on to read, he protected them from the lion, from the bear. <laughs> He protected him. He protected the sheep. Not only did he protect the sheep, but he took care of them. If one wandered away, he went to find the sheep. He was receiving leadership training. But this is where I want to get you to. Samuel anointed David as king. But here's the catch. No one else knows it yet. Couldn't tell anybody else yet. It wasn't public knowledge yet. It hadn't been announced yet. Are y'all getting this? God has called us to do great things, but it may not have been announced yet. It may not be known yet by regular people. See, God knows, and we know who we are in God. And then here's the thing, understand, David was called to fulfill a monumental assignment, even though he wasn't yet acknowledged by the people that he would lead. But God confirmed that he was called to lead them. The prophet Samuel anointed him to be king. He went through the ceremony. I don't see anywhere in scripture where David went around telling people he was going to be the king, that he had been anointed to be king. I don't see anywhere in scripture where Samuel went around, because Samuel was scared anyway. He was scared of Saul. Scared Saul was going to kill him. 
I don't see anywhere in scripture where it was broadcasted. And yet David was faithful in the field. There are many who've been frustrated. They would have made their frustration known when they're frustrated. Understand this. But David was faithful in the field. Shepherding the sheep, prepared him to be a leader. He was receiving that leadership training whether he knew it or not. Many times people become frustrated because they're not acknowledged by people or they're not acknowledged by certain people. Baby, I'd rather be known and acknowledged by God every day, all day. As long as God acknowledges me. I know, I know you human. And so you want some recognition. But listen, you better focus on making sure your relationship with God is so tight and so right until the fact that he acknowledges you and that he recognizes you means more than anything. Listen, the most important thing to know is who God has called you to be and the fact that he acknowledges that he's called you to do it. The fact that he's validated you. The fact that he's confirmed you. Often, you're going to be underestimated. Can I say that again? I need to remind you of that because people forget that. Even though I said it earlier, people will forget when they go through the different situations and the circumstances, when they go through the things where they're ignored. Listen, it's okay to be ignored by people. God will raise you up in the midst of the people. Listen to me when I tell you, there have been times that I was just, you know, like, well, who is that? And, and, and when I would walk in, I walk in a room, not understand the presence of God, of course, was there, was with me. I walk into a setting, who is that? And then they'd ignore me because they didn't know who I was. My name wasn't on the billboard. My name hadn't been put in lights. Nobody, you know, everybody didn't. I wasn't popular and famous. And here's the thing. It doesn't matter whether you're popular or famous or not. It doesn't matter that everybody don't know you. When God knows you. Oh, (laughs) when God knows you, God will raise you up. When God opens the door. Oh, my Lord and my God. When God makes the way. When God gives you an opportunity, give it your best. And so there were times when I walked into a setting, nobody knew who I was, but God opened the door. Sometimes right there while I was in the midst, God would make a way. I can remember a time I went to attend a conference. I wasn't even on to preach at the conference. I just went there to attend. Because, you know, I support others. And so I went there to attend. And because of the weather, the keynote speaker was not able to make it there. And I remember the Lord had been speaking to me about a message. And he had been talking to me and giving me this word. And I was studying. He had me studying a certain passage of scripture. And I kept hearing God say, look at this study it. And I'm thinking to myself, well, God, when am I supposed to preach this? Don't you worry about it. Just study it. I remember clearly God saying this. And I remember going in my hotel room and God had me in the word again. And he had me studying. 
And while we were, when we went back down to the session, the hostess of the conference made a way to me and explained to me what the situation was and said to me, do you have a word? Can you minister in this setting? How many know God had opened the door? He had made the way. He had given me an opportunity. And I stood up and I just relied completely on God. Why? I didn't rely on me. I relied completely on God. Proverbs 3 and 5, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Listen, I relied totally on God and I opened my mouth and I spoke preached what the Lord had already been dealing with me with, what he had already been speaking to me. I knew that that was the message for that session. And as I stood there and I preached the word of God and I began to speak and to declare and to decree as the Lord directed, people were running up throwing what's what we call heated offerings on the platform. That means that when you're being used by God and something resonates with people for the benefit of those that don't understand, people run up and they throw money at you. They were throwing money. They were throwing checks. My feet was covered with the money and the checks. Why? Because God had spoken a word. Yes, he used me, but God had spoken. And I give all glory and honor to him. So when the door is open, when you're given the opportunity, represent him with a spirit of excellence. Why? Because you've been faithful in the field. See, I was faithful in the field. I was faithful when nobody would recognize the anointing on my life. I was faithful when I was even told that I was not the one. I was faithful. And I continue to remain faithful. It doesn't matter whether they invite you into their circles. I don't, I'm not a part of anybody's circle, but I'm connected to God. That way I can love everybody. <laughs> I don't need to know the drama. I'll just love you to deliverance out of it. Most importantly, make it about souls and not your fleshly personal goals. Oh, I need to say that again. Make it about souls and not your fleshly personal goals. Understand, be faithful no matter what it looks like. David could not even tell anybody that he had been anointed to be king. Be faithful even if it seems like you're by yourself. Many times it seemed like I was all alone by myself. Nobody to hang with me. I have five sisters. But it seemed like it was, I was by myself. And if anybody's close to me, my sisters are. Sometimes God will separate you for a season, for continuing education, for training, for purging and pruning. Somebody hear me here. There are times we need to be purged and pruned. Yeah, that's right. Stuff need to come out and stuff need to come off. That's right. So you will be more sensitive to God's pull more sensitive to his pull than any man or any woman's pull, more sensitive to his voice, more sensitive to 
his voice than anybody else's voice. And not only that, but because he's pouring the oil on you and in you, he's preparing you for something greater. Listen, we look at David and we already know the story. We know that David, he did become king. We know he went through some stuff with Saul because Saul was so jealous. We know that Saul tried to kill him. We know all of those things. Understand this. When you've been faithful in the field, God will protect you. Saul went on to become king. Not only that, but let me tell you some characteristics of David. I mean, David went on to become king. And let me tell you some characteristics of David, his willingness to acknowledge his mistakes. David, even during the course of being king, made mistakes, but he acknowledged them. His humility to admit his weaknesses. And that's how we've got to be. After we've been faithful in the field and God has, has raised us up and God is using us, we've got to have these, some of these characteristics, courage to step up in challenging situations. We need to step up. Listen, this is the time. The fields are white, ready for the harvest. Luke, the 10th chapter, talks about the fact that the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Many of you, many of you out there listening to me right now, you really haven't stepped up like God wants you to step up. God wants you to step up. I promise you, I promise you if you step up, God will bless you. He'll bless you beyond measure. I promise you, it will be worth it if you step up. And also strong passion and love for God. David loved God and the strength to change. There's some things about us that don't need to stay with us. Some, some, we need to go through some changes and transitions to make us the better us. It doesn't mean that we become anybody else except the best us that God has created us to be. We become the greater, our greater selves. Yeah, that's it. We become our greater selves, but we got to be faithful in the field. Listen, I pray that you have been blessed by this word, by the message being faithful in the field. I pray that you have been encouraged to remain steadfast and faithful in the field. Look, I, I promise you, it's so worth it to remain faithful in the field. Yeah, they may not know who you are right now. Oh, but after a while, after a while, trust me and believe when God has anointed and appointed you, Oh, come on. It doesn't get any better than when God has anointed and appointed you. Just in case there's someone out there and you know you need to receive, first of all, receive and accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. I'm going to give you an opportunity so that you can get to know the Lord. And then in case there's someone out there, you need a church home. Yes, Lord, Ministries is a great place. You can realize and see the purpose, plan, and the destiny that God has your life, for your life fulfilled, you will. Your life will be better. Your life will be so much better. Connect with Yes Lord Ministries, regardless to where you're at. Yeah, we have virtual. We have uh, members that connect with us all over the world from different states, from different places. They connect with us. 
to hear a word from the Lord because they know that God uses Yes Lord Ministries to minister to the hearts, to the minds, and to the spirits of the people. They know that Apostle Willie Talbert and I are Giffen rappers. They know that we pull out of you what God has placed in you so that it can be magnified for his glory. Even though you get to tell the story, God gets the glory. So if you're out there, I want you to, first of all, those of you that want to receive and accept Jesus Christ, repeat with me. Lord Jesus, I thank you. I thank you for your word. I thank you for giving me an opportunity to receive and accept you as my Lord and Savior. Your word says that if I confess with my mouth, if I believe in my heart and confess with my mouth that you died for my sins on the cross, that you rose again, I can be saved. Forgive me for my sins. Forgive me for things I've said wrong. Forgive me for things I've done wrong. Forgive me for things I've thought wrong. Help me to live better and to be connected to you. Help me to live a life of holiness, a life that you will be pleased with. Teach me, oh Lord, the ways of your statue. And I thank you right now for forgiving me of my sins. Lord Jesus, even as you have forgiven me, I receive and accept you as my personal Lord and Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. If you prayed that prayer, connect with us so that we can walk you through next steps. We can give you next steps. We're going to start um, doing some new members teachings for the benefit of those that have connected, those that have received Jesus Christ. And you may not understand how to walk this walk, how to live this life. We want to teach you. We want to walk you through according to the word of God. And so we want you to connect with us. We want you to live your best life, but live your best life for God as you remain faithful in the field. God bless you. Let it be about souls and not your personal goals. Stay blessed and refreshed in the Lord partner with YLM financially using the following methods. The YLM mobile app. Text GIFT to 1844948395. Cash app dollar sign Yes Lord M. On Givelify search for Yes Lord Ministries in Kimmelworth, New Jersey. Our website. Visit www.ylmconnect.org and click donate. Mail checks and money orders to Yes Lord Ministries, Post Office Box 425 Union, New Jersey 07083. Download the YLM mobile app and stay connected with our ministry 24-7. On behalf of our lead pastor Steve Tolbert, our senior leaders Apostle Willie Tolbert and Apostle Mamie S. Tolbert and the Yes Lord Ministries church family, thank you for joining us and welcome home.